welcome to Criminal Vortex. This is my first solo episode and I'm really sorry but Shervari couldn't make it today. She is really 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 busy with college and um you know we've been there. I've been the more um busier and um not recording friendly one in this case. But today is her first uh, absence. So I hope you guys don't mind that. Yay. Um, I'm going to try my best to be a professional podcaster. But I don't know how well that's going so far. Because I'm already like freaking out. So um, yeah. Another thing that I wanted to mention is. Oh my god. We are about to hit 200 on Spotify. Oh my god. Wow. When I tell you me and Shur are literally freaking out, we are we are having major freakouts, man. This is so exciting for us because we did not think this was going to happen so fast. So thank you so, so much for supporting us, guys. This means the absolute world to us. And thank you so much for staying so patient with us and um, so understanding since we missed so many weeks because I was in college I like moved out to college campus and then I had to like move back home um because of COVID because the campus got closed down so I missed out a lot of weeks and it was really hectic for me we are still getting very uh very pressured by the whole college routine and we're trying to like figure out when to record and how to be much more efficient with giving you guys more content. So thank you so much for not leaving us. And this means so much to us. And uh, I'm really thankful for all of you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, I hope you guys are having the greatest day today. And if you're not, that's fine. Thanks for clicking on this uh, podcast. And hope you guys enjoy what's coming. So... Today's episode is going to be very short and sweet because, as you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to do when I'm alone. So I just wanted to do this very short case that is very relatable to all of us. Um, I mean, not relatable. I mean, oh God, this is a true crime case. What are you doing, Savannah? Um, okay, so at least I, I'm hoping that you guys are gonna like relate to the sentiment of the entire thing. And it's a bit weird, but uh, I mean, because of quarantine, we started hating Mondays a little more, haven't we? So with that weird segue, which was not very smooth, uh, I'm gonna jump into today's case without rambling on further. Yay. So today's case is about Brenda and Spencer. Um, so all the crime junkies out there, you're probably imagining a long, wavy-haired uh, redhead with aviators looking all bored, just walking out in handcuffs. Yes, that is 16-year-old Brenda and Spencer. And she was arrested for shooting at a children's school. A children's elementary school, mind you. So, let's start with the crime she committed. So, on the morning of uh, Monday, January 26th, 1979, Spencer began shooting at children waiting for Principal Burton Rag 
was aged 53 at the time, to open the gates to Grover Cleveland Elementary. Um, she injured eight children. Spencer shot and killed Rag as he tried to help children. She also killed custodian, custodian Mike Schur, who was aged 56 at the time, and he tried to pull a student to safety. So, um, a police officer who was aged 28 was responding to a call for assistance during the incident, was wounded in the neck as he arrived. So, Spencer was just just shooting. She wasn't, like, aiming for anyone as such. She was just going at it, right? Further casualties were avoided only because the police obstructed her line of fire by moving a garbage truck in front of her house. And after firing a total of 30 times... Spencer barricaded herself inside her home for several hours. While there, she spoke by telephone to a reporter from the San Diego Union Tribune and who had been randomly calling telephone numbers in their neighborhood. Uh, Spencer told the reporter she had shot at the school children and adults because, quote, unquote, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. My God, that's one way to liven up your day, isn't it? Damn. Weird, but, um, I mean, we all low-key hate Mondays, don't we? If we did a raise of hands right now, we'd probably figure out that none of us really like Mondays, but, wow, that's one way to liven it up. I would, I don't know, just, just, just like, I'm already on the side note, but just, just saying that if, if it was me to liven up my Monday, which is usually the busiest out of them all. Um, I would just pop a movie and probably make myself a nice plate of pasta or something, maybe some ice cream, and watch a movie with my mom, my brother, and my dog. That'd be nice. But this is this is one way to liven up your Monday that none of us condone off. Don't, my God. Okay, that was a really, really long segue. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, so coming back to the case, um, she also told the police negotiator the children and adults who she had shot were easy targets as she was going to come out shooting. Spencer had repeatedly been reminded for these statements at the parole hearing. Ultimately, she surrendered and left the house, reportedly after being promised a Burger King meal by the negotiators. I mean, she's 16, so... I mean, dude, would, would you come out of your house if somebody said that you would be given a Burger King meal? After you shot a couple of people by the police negotiators. I mean, I'm not shooting at random people. I don't, I don't freaking know what's going on in that head of hers. But um, police officers found beer and whiskey bottles cluttered around the house. But Spencer said uh, Spencer was not intoxicated when she was arrested, according to the police. Spencer was charged as an adult and she pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. On April 4th, 1980, a day after her 18th birthday, she was sentenced to 25 years to life. Now, uh, since she was 16, uh, she was charged as an adult, but she was not uh, given 
the sentence before she was 18 because they have to wait to give out the sentence so she was like just in prison for that time in prison spencer was diagnosed as an epileptic and received medication to treat her epilepsy and depression while at the california institute of women in chino she worked repairing electronic equipments under the terms of her sentencing spencer became eligible for hearing to consider her suitability for parole in 1993 um, normally a very few people convicted are on a charge of murder specifically are able to obtain parole in california before 2011 which is uh, as of December 2015, she has still been unsuccessful at four parole boards in total. Um, and in the first hearing, uh, Spencer said that she hoped the police would shoot her and she had been an avid user of alcohol and drugs at the time of the crime. Although results of the drug test done when she was taken into custody was negative, um, which is just one way of saying that I'm like, please give me parole because... I was drunk. Still does not make sense, but okay. Um, in her 2001 hearing, uh, Spencer first claimed that her father had been subjecting her to beatings and sexual abuse, but he said the allegations were not true. And the parole board chairman said that she had not previously told any prison staff about the allegations, so he doubted whether they were true or not. I mean, she could have just made it up to be psychological for the psychological evolution to be evaluation to be done again in 2005 a san diego deputy district attorney cited an incident of self-harm from four years earlier when spencer's girlfriend was released from jail as showing that she was psychotic and unfit to be released right and self-harm is commonly reported as scratching the words courage and pride into her own skin which, however, Spencer corrected this during her parole hearing as runes, reading unforgiven and alone. So she probably wasn't writing courage and pride. She was writing runes, a very educated person. In 2009, the board again refused her application for parole and ruled that it would be 10 years before she would be considered again. So she is... Um, eligible for a parole suitability hearing in September of 2021. This year just could not have gotten any worse. My lord. Okay, as of March 2021, she still remains imprisoned at the California Institution for Women. And um, so let's just discuss a little bit about her childhood because this case was very open and shut right but the the thing that intrigued me the most about this particular case was what makes you hate mondays so much that you shoot at random people at the age especially random at like like a, an elementary school at the age of 16 completely sober like, what made her do that? Like, not that I know what made her do that, but at least look into her psychology a little bit. Try to put on my armchair psychology tinfoil hat thingy. Right. 
So let's just go back to the roots, which was her childhood. And um, so her parents having separated, she lived in poverty with her father, Wallace Spencer. And both were sleeping on a single mattress on the living room floor in a house strewn with empty bottles from alcoholic drinks. Acquaintances said Spencer expressed hostility towards policemen and had spoken about shooting one and had talked of doing something big to get on television. Although Spencer showed exceptional ability as a photographer, winning first prize in a Humane Society competition, uh, she was generally uninterested in school, though. Like, she was just a good photographer and she was just not a person that vibed with school that much. That's a very common theme, though, that I've seen happen. Gosh, these weird detached people, man. Oh, Lord. I was pretty involved in school. I'm very happy that I had friends. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for existing. Wow. Oh, lonely people are just sometimes a bit whack, aren't they? We were always scared of that one kid in class who would stab you with their pencils. I guess Brenda was one of them. Weren't you, Brenda? Okay, so she attended a Patrick Henry High School where one teacher recalled frequently inquiring if she was awake in class. Later during tests, uh, while she was in custody, it was discovered that Spencer had an injury to the temporal lobe of her brain. It was attributed to an accident on her bicycle. In early 1978, staff at a facility for problem students in which Spencer had been referred for truancy informed her parents that she was suicidal. The summer Spencer, who was known to hunt birds in the neighborhood, was arrested for shooting out of the windows of Grover Cleveland Elementary School with a BB gun and for burglary. So she had already done that before, but with a BB gun now. Okay. So in December, a psychiatric evaluation arranged by her probation officer recommended that Spencer be admitted to a mental hospital for depression. But her father refused to give permission. Like, first of all, they were very poor, and she I, I don't think he wanted his daughter to just go and stay at some random place, mental hospital. But I don't know. I've heard that men, like mental hospitals and psychiatric wards are sometimes offered free of cost. I may be wrong, though, but I've see, I've seen it in a couple of documentaries where they do say that it is free of cost and you can actually stay there if you are diagnosed with serious mental health issues like depression but her father did not agree to that so for christmas in 1978 he gave her a ruger 10 by 22 semi-automatic 22 caliber rifle with a telescopic sight and 500 rounds of ammunition do you see the irony here the pure irony of not letting your daughter go and live in a mental hospital for depression, but then for her for her fifteenth birthday. Okay, not her birthday, sorry. <laughs> but but for her like fifteenth Christmas, 
you decide to give her a freaking semi-automatic with telescopic scope and 500 rounds of ammunition. What do you think your daughter is going to do with a goddamn sniper rifle? This is not PUBG, man. It's banned. But you didn't know that. Okay. Um, this is just sad that I'm laughing at my own jokes, but okay. My lord. So, yeah. What Spencer said was just such a teenager thing to say. But the, the freaking uh, context is weird, okay? So she later said that I asked for a radio and he brought me a gun. And asked why he had done that. And she answered, I felt like he wanted me to kill myself. I don't know. If someone had given me a gun when I asked for a... For a freaking radio I don't I wouldn't know what to do or think so oh my lord okay uh so during the the shootings like a little bit more into her head uh she told the negotiator that it was a lot of fun seeing children getting shot and I don't know, it just kind of feels weird, right? That she just... She said that the reason that she did the shootings in the first place was that she just didn't like Mondays. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, well, it did just liven up my Mondays. Also, I like the way when children are shot. I just like the children's getting shot. That's a weird way, my God. A similar uh, case like this was there before too. Like the very first case of school rampage killings in America was by Andrew Cahoe in the Bath Boating Bombings in 1927, which was the deadliest American school massacre as well. Um, Brenda is, however, America's first female school shooters, which is, wow. And... Um, former district attorney Richard Sash said on the episode of Deadly Women that Spencer's rampage was not the country's, if not the world's first school shooting before 1979. So that was just a thing that came out of all of this, which was very weird. But yeah. So, um... Uh, again, a bit into her mental state and her entire thing. Uh, during her pre-trial psychological testing, an injury to Spencer's temporal lobe came to light. And Spencer had also stated in a letter from prison that she had experienced grand mal seizures, seizures that she had to counteract with medication. Such a big brain injury would definitely be a precursor to epilepsy, which is two to four times more common among violent offenders than in the general public. And the lack of treatment that she received for this disease to some proves that the neglect that she had experienced from her family in her childhood. Now, epilepsy has very um, noticeable um, seizures, so it would be pretty, pretty noticeable that she did have seizures and she has also said that she did have grand mal seizures that 
she needed medication to control, right? And maybe, maybe this was one of the reasons that the court was trying to, um, trying to prove that she was not in a good headspace or something. But okay, um, the lack of treatment that she received for this disease, um, according to psychologist. Uh, Jonathan Fast introduces that the idea that her brain injury abuse and the effects of it pushed her to her final actions. That's what I was saying before, that this was like used to show that she was not in the best of health in her head. And uh, he believes that the shame, ridicule, inferiority and the powerlessness that she felt encouraged her to go as far as she did. She was very, um, she was very uh, emotionless as to when she was arrested. She just said, oh, I just don't like Mondays and I just like the way kids are shot. This just livens up the day. You see how detached she is out of the whole thing. So in another letter she wrote in prison, she stated that her father had done everything a person could do to another person. The beatings, the touching, the emotional abuse. She went to a state that no one, no teacher or counselor, gave her assistance through it. So she simply thought that this was how the world and how her life worked. And when her father gifted her the twenty-two caliber rifle, she thought that he was finally telling her to do it. To take her own life successfully, unlike her past suicide attempts, and leave the world forever. This was her words, by the way. Um, whether these theories are true or not, Brenda was tried as an adult and she pleaded guilty for two counts of murder and nine counts of assault. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison and she's serving the sentence in California Institute of Women, Institute for Women. This shooting in particular was inspired this this inspired like a very popular song by the Boomtown Rats called I Don't Like Mondays, her famous quote, and has also gained media coverage through a documentary with the same name. Her actions went down in history as a first high profile shooting and has become a vanguard to many future unimaginable school situations and violent outbreaks. Whether Spencer was a cold-hearted killer or a truly lost and confused soul that simply wanted an escape, it's undeniable and her horrible actions had some frightening consequences in our modern world because, you know, copycat killers, inspirational killers, all of those, we've seen those. I mean, she was basically the first before 1979, so... Maybe the Columbiners knew about her. Okay, also, Gus Stevens, the reporter from San Diego Evening Tribune, called around the area to, like, get more information. He uh, was not specifically looking for her or anything. He was just calling around the area to try to catch neighbors and stuff, just to ask them about more stuff. And he coincidentally just placed the call to Spencer's home. And... She just picked up the call and talked to him, right? She described the shooter, like she described herself, the 16-year-old. And um, she, the the shooter's address and everything, she gave everything. And when she realized that she gave the reporter her own address and he recognized what was going on and requested an interview while other staff member informed the police about the situation. Um... 
the police was now aware that the shot where the shots were coming from because you know they were in correspondence and they were able to evacuate the children and obstruct spencer's line of sight because she was using a sniper so it was like much easier for her to do that and yeah she was she was arrested spencer stated straight up that she just did it for the fun of it which which is very very scary man very scary I don't know what to do with the information that someone just wakes up and just chooses violence. I never thought I was going to say this in a very serious context, but okay. I don't know why, but there was not like enough information available about her and not enough about her, um, more information about her psychological uh, evaluation and stuff like that. It was just mostly just, okay, so the case, the the arrest and the trial because it was a pretty open and close case there was like no other thing about it but then the whole idea of this case is just her and if you watch uh, the documentary about her you're gonna figure out that she is not the person that is all gloomy like she does sound very monotone yes but she does talk like a normal teenager which is very surprising to me because I did consider her to sound awfully intelligent or just straight up, straight up weird and dumb or something like that. Like something off. I was just looking for something off. But she just she just felt like somebody who would be in, in, in my class when I was 16. She was so normal to me for some reason. And that just, that just felt off. Maybe, okay, maybe she was very quiet. She was very broody, if that's the word, but she wasn't like straight up off. She was not interested, but we do have a lot of teenagers who are angsty and are not interested. I was one of them, but yeah. Um, it, it was not very off, which is even scarier because these kind of people are just hidden in plain sight. And you never know who's thinking what, which makes the whole humans are the most dangerous of all prey i'm quoting the zodiac very loosely but yeah okay so spencer is just weird the 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 line that she said like the complete um line that she said her quote when she was asked why she committed the shootings was that Quote, I just did it for the fun of it. I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. I have to go now. I shot a pig. She was referring to the policeman. I think, and I want to shoot more. I'm having too much fun. Um, She was referring to her surrender. And she also said that, um, quote, I have no reason for it. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just like shooting ducks in a pond. They meaning the children, look like a herd of cows standing around. It's just really easy picking. End of quote. Which is... I don't know what to say. It's just... What? The weird parallels that she's drawing between policemen, children, and... My God. (laughs) Weird. 
um, she mentioned the attacks months before to her friend. Like, she said, quote, one of these mornings you're going to look for me. No one understands me. You don't have to wait very long to see what it's what's going on with me. Mentioning that, uh, like, she was trying to say that she was going to be on TV and you're going to find them. So, wow. Um, this is just weird because that's, that's it about the entire case. They're like, no ifs, ands, or buts. They're just the case and things that she said, things that happened. But the whole takeaway from this case is that what makes you hate Monday so much and what makes you just gift your daughter a freaking 22 caliber rifle, a Ruger rifle with 500 rounds of ammunition and a goddamn scope. I don't know what the dad was thinking. I don't know what their household was like. But if we are to believe that it was for him to symbolize that he wanted her to end it, that was very dark. And if we are to believe that, um, then maybe the allegations that she was putting on to him was also true. But, you know, I don't know what to think. Um, this case is very confusing. This is a very open and shut case, but the more you think about it, the more confusing it gets because you just keep on thinking about why and when. Like, it's a solved case. The uh, murderer is behind bars and they're probably gonna get a Pearl uh, board hearing chance suitability this year in September. But in the end of the day, whether they get it or not, um, it's just very confusing to me. The more you think about it, the more difficult it gets because what, like, this just gets to the point where you're just thinking about it psychologically uh, and you're portraying it on yourself. Like, what makes you do it? What's the point that breaks you? What's the point that just makes you want to pick up your gifted Christmas rifle? And try and shoot a couple of kids and call them ugly, dirty names. I don't know. Maybe it was the the whole... Um, maybe her par dad used to mention uh, police officers that way. Maybe it was a common thing in her house that she didn't like police officers. Maybe they were in trouble with the law pretty often. I couldn't find much of that. I couldn't find much about her father in general. But um, it's just... It's just terrifying that she harbored these dark thoughts and people did not really figure out anything or her father did not really actively do anything to stop that. Instead, he just gave her a goddamn rifle, which was very disturbing to me. The whole case is disturbing, but the fact that her dad gave her the rifle, I just can't get over that. Just literally can't get over that. So, yeah, this case has made me think... A, for a really long time and um yeah let me know what you guys think about it too what you guys think really happened and what is really the reason not just what she's saying that just sounds very weird to me not just the i hate mondays and that's why i killed but 
That's what I was saying. We all hate Mondays, Brenda. No one's killing no kids just because they hate Mondays. Okay? My God. So, yeah. I'm going to wrap this case up over there. I'm going to wrap this episode up there. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm really sorry if this was a drag. Um, I'm doing this alone. I don't know how to do this. My God. Kudos to Shervery for all the episodes that she did without me. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Hope you guys are having a great day. And... Uh, hope you guys have a great week ahead. We are trying to be much more consistent so you guys can expect more episodes from us. And yeah, we have a lot of exciting things coming up. We have a lot of exciting launches that we are thinking about and we're going to ask for your opinions. Um, yeah, last but not the least, um, follow us on Spotify and on our Instagram page, which is also at Criminal Vortex and our, you know, maybe drop a little like on our new post about this uh, case. And yeah, thank you so, so much. Drop a review if you like uh, the episodes and what you are hearing. And that really motivates and helps us out with the ratings and to reach more people. Um, Yeah, bye.